Hey y'all, welcome to Sippin'. My name is Jay. I'm so excited. Every single episode, I get to talk to amazing people who have been in my life um, at very different times on this journey. I'm really excited today to talk to a good friend of mine, G, who I actually met on a wild diversity um, backpacking trip. What's up, G? How you doing? Hey, Jay. I'm doing good. <laughs> very cool. Yeah. Um, G, I'm like really excited to talk to you. I know that we there's always so much going on in our lives but what always brings me back is like the first time I ever actually met you and hung out with you was at that backpacking trip and it really was the first time too that I got to see myself represented you know um I think when I yeah like really cool actually um what I should share is that G and I actually met because we were both our flights were both late, right? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Our flights were late to get into um, this trip. And it it almost felt like we were in boot camp when we got there because we <laughs> they texted us and they're like, hey, you're going to meet this person. And I'm like, cool, you know. Like, I just got off the flight. I get a text message that says, hey, meet G in this terminal, blah, blah, blah. And I'm like, okay, awesome. Got to get there, get my stuff, meet this person. What does this person look like? Who are they? You know, like, I didn't even have time to imagine who you were. And then I saw you and we were both equally hyped. Like, oh my God, we're about to do this. You know, do you remember what that, like, what that day was like for you? Yeah, I, like, honestly, I was having a similar experience because I was coming from this place that was like, I'm like flying to fucking Oregon from Texas to like (laughs) go into the woods with a bunch of people I don't know. So I was hella anxious so I was like sitting in the airport and I remember like I want to meet this person I have no idea what they're gonna look like I don't know what I'm looking for um and then I saw you I was like cool 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 yeah <laughs> we're good um and I think like the fact that you were the first person that I met like when I got there was I don't know it like helped chill me out like so much because I was so freaked out I was like going through all of the stuff in my head like what's this gonna be like who's gonna be there um am I going to like feel like I don't fit in which is typically mm-hmm. sort of like you know that's the norm for me like whenever I go into spaces especially outdoor spaces with people it's like typically I, I don't fit in and um the, the fact that you pointed out being short is like a huge thing for me because I was like I'm not the only short person here <laughs> Because here in Texas, I've been going to like hiking groups and stuff like that. And they're always like these super tall, super athletic people. And they're like hiking up the trail. And my, me and my little baby legs are like, you know, following behind them. Uh, <laughs> Hell yeah. It takes us like three little steps to get to one step of there. <laughs> yes. Yes. Yeah. I was so excited to see, yeah, that you, yeah, I wasn't the only short person. And then there were a few other short people that were also on that trip with us. And that made all the difference. Oh, yeah, for sure. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, that was so dope. And then G and I like met, we got in this Uber together. And then we headed off to um, where we were supposed to meet for the trip. And we were nervous because we were the like the last ones to arrive. So we we're like, oh, shit, you know, like, did I pack the right things? And I specifically remember like seeing Mercy and being like, oh, what's this trip going to be like? Is it going to be, you know, like, I was, I think because Mercy was so like, 
motivated and just like so like we need to get here at this time because this is how long it's going to take us and we were like oh shit we're late yeah. you know <laughs> like and everybody was like half packed by the time we got there and we're just like we have nothing ready <laughs> I remember like there were snacks and like I didn't even have time to eat and so I wound up like next to one of the people that I was next to Nikia and like eating slices of like ham because I didn't have time to pack a lunch oh no I I I wish I had known that because I packed a lunch and I was so anxious that whole day I never ate it (gasps) what Gee, you could have saved me, dude. I had a sandwich in my pack the whole time we were on that trip. I was wondering what was smelling so funky on the trip. Because <laughs> we did share a tent together. We did. I'm we just did. kidding. I didn't smell the sandwich, dude. There was so much funk in that tent that I didn't smell the sandwich. I specifically remember, like, on one of the mornings, uh, <laughs> We were both like just there, like laid in our our sleeping bags because we were so cold. And we we're both like, you said something like, "I smell so bad right now." It's <laughs> like I feel so gross. Yeah, I think that was one of the later days because I remember like the first couple of days when I didn't smell so bad. I would like yeah. like do stretches and like do yoga in the tent while y'all are still asleep. <laughs> and then like that day, I remember not getting out of my sleeping bag because I was like, if I move anyway my stench is gonna wake everybody up oh my god yo that that was awesome (laughs) that trip was so much fun and like that's yeah I love what you said too about how you before like you go to outdoor events and you don't feel like you fit in you know or you didn't and like that was so important and I think that's what's so important about the work that like Mercy's doing with Wild Diversity that are doing it as well as Queer in the Path and um, Black Girls Do Hike. I've heard of one of the organizations that I've, I've done some things with here in Texas is um, Black Outside and mm-hmm. it's a small organization but I think they're up to some really good things um, and hopefully we'll be seeing a little bit more from them soon because I really enjoy the people that are leading over there um, and some of the programs that they have going on. Nice. It's so cool. So you live in Texas. Like, do you have to travel out far to which, like to find community or like, how is it? Um, so, so far here, it's been a little bit hit and miss mm-hmm. um, just because like the, the city where I live, San Antonio is like incredibly diverse. But also, it's one of the cities that's, like, the most um, racially and, like, economically segregated. So sometimes I do have to do a little bit of traveling, a little bit of digging to find people who look like me and are also interested in some of the same things as me. So it's it's a toss-up sometimes. Yeah, for sure. I'd imagine. Yeah, it was so wild to be in somewhere so queer like Oregon um and to see like queer people was that your first time ever doing that like being in that environment with like pe- folks who were like that who were yeah more- yeah for sure um so like in so I've lived in Louisiana and Texas um pretty much my whole life um and being here sometimes it's hard to like 
find people that look like me that are into like you know going outside and just being outside because sometimes people are like no you know that's that's that white people stuff yeah (laughs) um and even then on top of that typically when I find um black people who are into hiking or things like that um it's then like turned into like this really like cis head space and it's like Mm -hmm. how how do we get here like we're just humans trying to be outside why does it have to be about gender why does it have to be about like I don't even know mm-hmm. <laughs> how people For finally real. incorporate things like that into stuff that has absolutely nothing to do with gender <laughs> <laughs> I know I also like I hate competition like it's funny like as f- a physical competition I'm not a fan of I created like this meetup that it was mountain biking and there was a friend of mine who was also um, GNC and queer and they want, were like, yeah, we should do this, you know? And so we did. And then we, we got some people who were cool. And then we had people who like wanted to run, you know, race down the mountain. And I was like, dude, <laughs> like this is intense. I don't want to feel like I have to keep up with people. You know, I want to like go at mm-hmm. my own pace. And yeah, and like that whole like, can we just like chill and like look at some fungi and look at the plants, <laughs> you know? Yeah. And the more, the... One of the things like now that you mentioned that, it sort of takes me back to that example I was telling you about before. Whenever I was with that group of people that were just like really tall, like super athletic, most of the group was white or white passing, whatever. Um, and I remember like trying to hike with that group and they were just going so fast and I have asthma. I'm a little chubby. I'm short. Like I was struggling on this, on this hike. Um, and the lady who is leading, who's like super chipper, like this white lady, she comes back around to me. Like after they're like, the group is no longer in view. Like I'm the only person I'm like trailing way, way far back. And she comes back like around to me and you know, she's like super peppy. And she's like, oh my gosh, we, we lost you. And I was like, yeah, you, you did. <laughs> She's like, well, you know, my daughter can't really keep up either. Um, so if you want to hike with her, you totally can. And her daughter is like 11. <laughs> I, I work in a middle school. I spend all of my days around children. And I love working with kids. But like, I came here to hike and be with other adults and meet people who potentially have interests that are similar to mine. And like, you as the leader of this group are just like, truly just hauling ass and leaving me. Yes. Um, yeah so it was it was a wild experience like people who are just like we're here to crush miles and I'm like how why why do you feel like that's what this is supposed to be like take some time (laughs) enjoy the nature enjoy spending time with other humans yeah real connection because I think that's what's been so interesting is yeah like is white folks have taken nature um, you know, and displaced POC, Indigenous, Black people. And <clears throat> it's it's almost like they still have this conquering mindset, right? Like when they approach a mountain or they approach, you know, a, a bike ride or something like, we got to conquer this. And we're like, we did that. Yeah, you know, and like clinging beers at the end of it and being like, yeah, look at what our bodies can do, you know? And that's not what I'm trying to do. That's not how our people enjoyed nature you know Mm -hmm. and like how we are basically also in nature we're also I don't want to use the word exploring you know but I want to say more of like being in community 
with Mm -hmm. the nature itself and trying to learn from it right like some things that uh, recently I went um, on a hike with a friend who's a fungi uh, amateur mycologist and um, dude this hike was like two hours it was about two miles and we Mm -hmm. ended up spending like three hours looking at all the fungi and getting lost in like you know how beautiful things were like below us that I never paid attention to before because I would just be like oh I'm on this hike you know I'm gonna push my body and it's gonna feel great and I'm gonna feel like I accomplished something and after that I was like whoa I learned so much just from Mm -hmm. going slow and looking at like a decaying tree and also it becomes spiritual almost of asking myself like wow like things can grow from something that's dead so what can I do in this you know where I'm at like what can I do with like the dead things that I've been given or the things that I'm shedding and yeah it's it's so different I think as a as a QT BIPOC person to experience nature especially with other folks who are on that same route and not trying to like climb and like that's so shitty that's so shitty what happened (laughs) yeah so I like after that experience I was like you know what never mind and like legit I just turned around and went and found another trail and I hiked by myself no way hell yeah good for you (laughs) because I wanted to do those I wanted to take it slow I wanted to look at the plants I wanted to you know Mm. look at animal tracks that were crossing the trail I wanted to see like (laughs) if there was scat around and like learn from my environment like they weren't doing any of that they were just like straight up running up this trail and I was like I didn't come here for a run. I came here to be in nature and enjoy it. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, I, I think that's, um, uh, yeah, I think it's like interesting too that the leader was more like, oh yeah, so-and-so also goes slow. And it wasn't like, hey, how you're doing? You know, like, let's do this together. Just like, to me, when, before COVID, when I would lead a hike, it was more like, hey, we're going to start and finish together. You know, like that's, mm-hmm something that I learned on our trip, you know, it was cool. Like we went really slow on the backpacking trip that we did. And we would say like banana when somebody had to stop. I always remember that. And it was, it wasn't like, oh, you know, so-and-so has to stop. So we have to stop. It was like, oh, what do you need? What's going on? You know, it was so different. Like there was being in that queer space um, of folks just being like, what are your needs? You know, just being asked, what are your needs? Like on a hike? was actually empowering to state them and to not feel like I had to be like I was keeping people up you know uh from finishing the hike or anything like that and I think that it kind of changed the way that I started approaching things too of like we shouldn't leave others behind you know we should Mm -hmm. really like see what are my needs and like asking myself nobody had ever asked me before dude like what are your needs and I was like what (laughs) that was so uncomfortable at first yeah I think in in those moments, I think Mercy's leadership was really, really vital to that space because it sort of shifted my thinking, especially for me at that time, because I have asthma, but I did not know it at that time. I got an inhaler as soon as I got home. (laughs) Um, So like being able to have Mercy say like, you know, honor your boundaries and know what your needs are and um, having a leader that was able to help me feel like I'm I mean, how do I say? So not that I'm holding people back, but this leader is holding people together, that we're going to finish this together and we're going to move forward together. Um, I think that that did a whole lot to make me feel 
welcome and make me feel like I could actually do that hike. Yeah. Oh, man. As we're talking about it, I'm like getting all the good vibes from that time. (laughs) And just, yeah, how (laughs) it really changed a lot. Yeah, for sure. And also changed the way I saw myself in nature, I think. And um, yeah, it was also the first time that I had ever been around like folks who like I had really that was the first time I'd ever been in a QT BIPOC space like ever. I remember like preparing for the trip. Um, The friend who told me about it was actually they're white and they would go on like um, because the trip was put on by um, what was it? The Venture Out Project. Yes. (laughs) <laughs> I'm like, I know. I'm like, you're wearing the sick ass sweater. I'm like, what's your sweater? <laughs> uh, the Venture Out Project had put on that trip um, in collaboration with uh, Wild Diversity. And uh, my friend told me like, hey, you should sign up for this. Like, maybe it's something that you like. And I'm like, yeah, like, that sounds good. But like you said, like, you had, you had experienced some anxiety of like, am I going to fit in? Like, that's what I thought too. And I was like, I shouldn't go. Like, I'm not going to fit in. I don't, you know, know anybody there. And like last minute was like, I'm going to go and decided to do it. And it was the first time that I'd ever been around like people who were like more people, not just like one person who I knew who like binded or, you know, had like hairy armpits or whatever. It was just like this amazing, cool thing of like, I also like, I have all these visual memories and it's just like of us hanging out and I think waking up the next day and like seeing someone's binder was like hanging to dry or just like chilling. And I was like, oh, this is so queer and it's so beautiful. And like, I feel present. I'm supposed to be here right now. Yeah. You know, and it was so rad. And we stayed up a lot too, like just talking and laughing, dude. We laughed so much. Yeah. To the point that other people in their tents are like trying to sleep and telling us to shut up. <laughs> <laughs> but it was so good to to feel that and like be in a space where like me just being myself was normal and not a thing that I have to constantly explain to people or defend um in order to exist I think mm-hmm. it was oh, amazing yeah I feel that so much yeah I feel oh that was good um yeah to just exist um did you feel that on that trip there were parts of you that you hadn't quite met yet that you got to like be? For sure. Um, one of the things that was, I think, most impactful for me um, was, and I think I told you about this, that right after that, I mean, during that trip was right after a breakup for me. Um, and that was a breakup from the last partner that I had gotten into a relationship with that didn't know my identity as um, a trans GNC person. So I, I came out during that relationship and there was a lot of turmoil about all of that. Um, so then going on this trip and being around people who were also very queer, uh, you know, POC, like it it felt healing in a way that I, I could have never anticipated. Mm-hmm. Um, because I was going from this place where I like, I felt like, you know, I'm coming out and I've caused this other person so much like heartache and feeling like I had been deceiving them and all this stuff when it was like, truly I was just coming into myself. 
and me living my truth wasn't something that I was doing to my partner at that time um and like being in a place where I could be accepted for who I am and how I show up into a space and like being able to lead in that space with like this is my name these are my pronouns this is who I am and be accepted for that was really the first time um that was something that had happened for me so I just remember like thinking about that I was at like some lake or something I just remember sitting by the lake being like I'm just me right now and just like crying at this lake (laughs) it was it was so much (laughs) oh yeah (laughs) damn oh I felt that so good I felt that really hard thank you so much for sharing that G um wow yeah I remember that trip was also pretty heavy for you because of what you were coming out of and I think it's so beautiful too of what you were stepping into you know um that trip wow yes (laughs) being by the lake and knowing that you're just you yeah it was it was a really big first step um because you know thinking about like ending a relationship and then having to go back into like the dating scene and think about how do I present myself how do I honor myself and Mm -hmm you know, if I am going to be trying to date people or find a new partner and things like that, I think being with that particular group of people in that particular time um, really gave me the permission for myself that I was seeking to enter into new friendships, new relationships authentically and not feel like I have to hide myself and, you know, sort of test the waters to see if this person is going to accept me for who I really am. Um, mm. And honestly, it saved me so much headache on the, yes. on the back end. <laughs> <laughs> Hell yeah. It was, what was it like? Like, um, I don't know, did you have a first date with anyone that you got to be like, hey, my name's G, this is who I am? Like, what did you feel like? I mean, mostly since, like, a lot of the dating I was doing was, like, on, you know, the apps. Um, (laughs) When I got home, I just, like, changed everything. I put my pronouns on there, on the app that, you know, actually had spaces to change, like, the the gender identifiers. I changed those. And Mm. I just, like, you know, made an agreement with myself that even if people you know, chose to perceive me as female or whatever, like, I, that's not something I'm going to accept for myself. That's not something I'm going to compromise on. Um, And, like, I just, I want somebody that is willing to engage with me as I am and not how they think I should be. Mm, Yes. Damn, you're dropping knowledge hard. (laughs) (laughs) It took a lot of reflection and crying at the lake before I got to this point. (laughs) Hell yeah. That lake was so good. (laughs) Yo, I felt, um, wow. I think, yeah, (laughs) because our our entire trip, I think, was was around two different lakes, right? Mm -hmm. Maybe it was two different or it was like the same one. But um, so beautiful. I I think it's so cool to hear because we man, <laughs> I don't know if there was a lot of water 
signs that were on that trip or just a lot of empaths but everyone was in their feelings and it was so good <laughs> oh yeah I'm a Pisces and I fully lean into that and I'm like you know what I'm just gonna go over here just cry for a little bit journal for a little bit I'll be back I'll be fine <laughs> I'll be good <laughs> like did you yeah. feel like you were a sensitive kid growing up Oh yeah, 100%. Like I would just like, you know, I'd be like out on the playground playing and then like all of a sudden I'm crying. <laughs> and there's like all of the adults are like, oh my God, what's wrong? And I was like, I don't know. I just need to cry right now. Um, but I never, I never really viewed like that as a negative thing at all. Mm. Um, and, and, and to this day, I, I really think that is a strength. It's something that like I'm really in tune with I feel like that is a strength for me to be that in tune with my own emotions and the emotions of others especially the people that I care about um because I, I feel like you know as as sensitive as I may be I feel like I also have that um I have that much capacity to love and care for other people so I don't know I appreciate that about myself I love it I love all this yes <laughs> it's so good <laughs> It's definitely like a, a moment of like accepting and loving yourself. I feel like, wow, like um, this is the most that you and I have been able to like sit down and chat with each other since the trip. And I feel like seeing, I'm getting to see, yeah, like G like fully and like kind of like we're, it's been like maybe two years since that trip or so. God, yeah, it's been a minute. two, almost three, maybe. Almost three, yeah. And it's really cool to see your transformation and to see like you really like knowing yourself because there's loving, right? Like there's self-love, but I think knowing yourself is like knowing I have these things about me and it's fucking awesome, you know? Mm -hmm. And like you walking in them, like I can see it and it looks really good on you. <laughs> oh, thanks. Hey. Um, yeah, that's, it's definitely taken time. And if like there's any of your listeners that, are struggling with things like that at the moment like just give yourself that time like give yourself mm -hmm. the time to know yourself and live in whatever your truth is because everybody else they'll be around they'll be waiting for you to make that comeback you just staging a comeback <laughs> yeah <laughs> i love it that's so real Really no experience yet has, I think that for me, that experience was a very, it's a good measurement of like coming into my own as well and feeling like this is the beginning of something new. Um, mm -hmm. And yeah, I started, uh, I was like, I came back home and I told my partner, yeah, I think I'm just going to be Jay from now on, you know, and it took me a minute and I was like, yeah, my pronouns uh it took me a while to really lean into it until I started um doing hikes and like starting Corey in the path was I like okay I want to hear my pronouns I want to hear what my name is and then what was interesting that happened was I lived uh, I realized it now that it was almost a privilege um where I was Jay in the queer world you know and I was able to be myself and people were respecting me and saying they them and then I would go to work and I would still go by a different name and you know the the dead name and I would 
so dead name for listeners who are not familiar is a, the name that you were given at birth that you don't identify with or that you don't feel you know you want to be called that anymore um and so at work that was my name and like I was going by that a lot and so it took me a minute but once COVID happened my core world unfortunately was like only online you know and only with my partner and some of the friends that had met me as Jay were the only people who I could hear my name from and like that really hurt and broke my heart because I realized I was sort of not even content but I was settling for being in two worlds whereas like my whole world should be the world that I want you know and Mm -hmm. so like I wasn't hearing it anymore I wasn't hearing people calling me Jay I wasn't hearing you know they them or and it started to break my heart and I was like I don't want to do this anymore um and then at work I was like all right someone actually at work uh has transitioned and seeing them do it I was like why what am I doing why am I dragging my feet you know why am I making other people comfortable while I'm going every day uncomfortable you know Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. (laughs) and so I decided like all right forget it give me a new name tag let's do this you know (laughs) like this is who I am (laughs) and so it's caused a lot of it's caused some confusion and it's hard because I've worked at this place for seven years uh this particular place and a lot of people um knew me as the dead name and so much so that they they sing songs you know like with that name or they're like hey so and so you know or like scream it across the store and I'm like dude (laughs) that's not Mm -hmm. what I'm doing anymore you know and so I'll explain it and they kind of don't understand it, but um, I think it's important for folks to just respect others and what they want to be called and yeah. pronouns. Yeah. Pronouns don't come easy. Unfortunately, I don't know, you know, unfortunately, because of the way that our English language in the States is, we want to gender everything. And I'm studying more about, yeah, like breaking free from that and how it actually doesn't exist in other places in the world you don't especially in Spanish language where you have where it does exist you know where you're calling something so simple as like a lamp a lamp actually has a gender of like la lampara you know and like el diablo and like these stupid things that it's like these things don't even have genders you know like why are you giving a lamp a gender like that's ridiculous Mm -hmm. and um so yeah a lot of times people also I think that drives me kind of nuts is when people are like so like people will say sometimes and so it's frustrating for me a lot of times is that people have even asked me they're like so are you gonna like fully transition to like male do you want to be male fully and I'm like, transition yeah <laughs> what is that oh like, such trash and I'm like it's neither I'm not choosing either you know, like Mm -hmm. I am who I am and I want to be perceived as not for my anatomy, but for what's in my mind, who I am as a person, you know, like it's also challenging what my idea of gender is, right? And so like, if I want to wear like dangly earrings, but I don't want to be perceived as like, oh, you're more femme today or you're more of a woman today. Oh, you know, Mm -hmm. like why does that even concern people? Like, fuck them. It's about how I see myself when I look in the mirror and who I am with my friends because as Jay I'm I'm more outgoing person 
I think I'm still getting to know Jay as well, you know, and getting to know like who I am as me, as myself and reconnecting because as a kid, I guess this is what I was going to ask you. As a kid, did you feel like you knew G at that point? Like, did you um, have an idea? I think I had a very intimate, like internal relationship with myself. Um, but I, I, totally understand that point that you're making like you're still getting to know yourself and I feel like that's where I am now whereas before when I was still trying to fit into those little boxes that people had set up for me um, I wasn't getting to know myself I was testing myself every day to see how well I can fit into those boxes how well I can um, sort of decode all of the different things that are sort of in that um, really, really complex social structure um, surrounding gender, especially around fem femininity and masculinity. Um, I was trying really hard to decode all of that and understand it. And it's something that I've struggled with ever since I was a child, um, just because my brain doesn't work that way. Uh, and I have zero energy or interest in figuring out how to be feminine or masculine I just want to be me and free up all of the space so that I can get to know myself and really take time to spend with um the things that I enjoy and you know just the things that make me myself so I I think from a very young age maybe since I was like nine or ten I've really been um challenging the gender binary um so much so that like the experience that you were sharing about um, like changing your name and like how mm -hmm. that sort of played out at your workspace, it's something that I don't really have that sort of experience with because I've been phasing my birth name out since I was a child. I've been going by G or Gigi since I was so little that when I finally did disclose um, my name to people, nobody questioned it. They're like, oh, that's what the G stands for. <laughs> <laughs> this is true it's brilliant <laughs> i love so that it, yeah i think that was a lot easier for me because i was able to identify that within myself at such a young age um even though it took me a very long time to finally disclose my name to other people uh it was it was very weird like when i finally did disclose it at my job because so many people knew that just the letter G is not my name. So yeah. a lot of people would question it. I was like, you can just call me G. That's it. Don't worry about it. Or if you really need something else, you can call me GG, which uh, <laughs> is the name that I, I've gone by since I was a baby. But that's those are my initials now. So people still mm -hmm. call me GG. And I'm like, that's fine. That's my name. Um, yeah. But like, I, I disclosed my name on January 1st. 2019 and like when I got back to work from winter break like my email had been changed my all my profiles at work had been changed um at that time I still had a name tag that just had g on it um mm -hmm. but like I was able to get a new name tag with my pronouns and all that stuff on it so like I I the process of like transitioning in my workspace is something that's a little bit foreign to me because I've had the extreme pleasure and good fortune to work in a place that made it really really easy um for me to to change my name um but yeah it was it was a really good experience so I I'm always curious about like other people's experience if it differs from mine and like ways that I can get involved and like help out because like 
I've had friends that have had the total opposite experience. And I'm like, hold up, let me Google your company. Let me Google their HR policies. Do you need me to call somebody? Because we're going to get this sorted out because it does okay. not have to be difficult. It does not have to be this whole process. When mm-hmm. like I disclosed my name on January 1st during a time where we were like, oh, I worked in school. So we were on winter break. Mm-hmm. And when I came back on like the 4th, everything was changed. So like there are ways for this to be easy and accessible yeah. to people. So I I try my best to help when I can. I love it. Yeah. That's awesome. I love it. You're like, wait, hold up. <laughs> Let yeah, me check this no. out. Heck and yeah. A lot of times yeah. I do find the policies and I'm like, Mm-mm, it's not supposed to be that difficult. <laughs> you just need to tell your HR representative that they need to do this, this, and this. And this policy came out in this year. Do you need a copy of it? I will email it to you. <laughs> Damn. <laughs> We're gonna have to talk now. <laughs> Yo, that's rad. All right. So I do have a couple of like little questions. Um, yeah. some that kinda are a little bit bigger. So I'm gonna kind of like phase into those. Does this sound good? Yeah, hit me with cool. what you got. I'll, I'll cut what we said too. <laughs> okay. Um, so for listeners who don't know, <laughs> um, there was a fire that was started in the LA area recently during, I think it was September, August time that was started because these people decided to do a gender reveal. Um, gender reveals have caught on uh, as, they've caught on as something for like the last maybe eight, 10 years. Um, someone thought it would be fun to like not know the sex of their baby and then invite a bunch of people over have a cake which like, don't you do that at your baby shower so <laughs> they decided to do this and then say let's open the envelope and see what it is well the people who were doing this in LA decided let's get like what are they call it pyrotonics pyrotechnics pyrotechnics like fireworks, yeah yeah like fireworks involved and the color will show us what our baby is you know and then they started a giant ass fire (laughs) like (laughs) burned so much land in california made it so difficult for people to breathe displaced homes and so i feel like mother nature is literally like this is trash y'all gotta stop with the gender reveals because this also happened in arizona Mm -hmm. a few years back And when it happened in Arizona, that person, uh, once the fires were done, was actually held accountable for like millions of dollars and actually had to pay been. Yes. And so I'm just wondering, like, when that kid comes into the world, like, how do they feel (laughs) like there's so much energy that was around your sex and then you started a giant fire so I hope that that generation is also like this is trash this will not be done you know because of me so let's explain why are gender reveals trash why would I mean other than like trashing the environment and occasionally creating actual trash like I've seen like the ones that are like we're gonna release balloons and then like balloon releases are trash I've seen the ones that are like we're gonna stand outside and we're gonna do confetti cannons and like actually spraying confetti all over just the whatever area they're in actual Mm -hmm. trash like other than like the very obvious real impact it has on the environment um it also has really 
interesting implications for the unborn person that this whole party is supposed to be celebrating. Um, mm-hmm. And I get like, if you want to have another party, have another party. Like There are so many other ways to um, gather your family and your friends and all of your loved ones around this new life that you're bringing into the world other than like putting their genitalia on blast like nobody needs that um like if you, you want to have a diaper party have a diaper party have a baby shower have you know all these other types of parties that you could have um to celebrate like that new person coming into your family but like when I think of gender reveals I think of people that are clinging so tight to the gender binary and to um all of the norms that are associated with it that they can't let this little unborn person just be who they are and like they're going out of their way to assert um gender and sex before this person even has their own like conscience consciousness about their identity and their being and it's just it's flabbergasting um to think that like you know when we have little people that we're we're taking care of like these young humans and teaching them about their bodies and teaching them about boundaries that we teach them about like certain parts are private certain parts are only Mm. for people that you invite to interact with those parts of your body but before they're even here before we start teaching that lesson we start telling everybody else what they have and like for me it just doesn't make sense I don't understand how that is a norm in our society Mm-hmm. <clears throat> I agree it just doesn't make any sense uh, yeah I also I think because I, I did a little bit of research and I was like how did this start apparently the per- the first person who started it she thought it would be a fun excuse to throw another party and like now she I think either her kid came out as non-binary or trans <laughs> like literally it happened to her um mm-hmm. but she like realized like yeah this is stupid to have and like we have to stop having them because gender it shouldn't be something that's put on blast and like Mm -hmm. the child hasn't even had time to express what their gender is they say that like by possibly age three they start gravitating towards things that they may like but again the spectrum is forever changing like I think it's important too for listeners who are not familiar with this or don't identify as GNC or trans or trans GNC is that you know you there is a spectrum to sexuality to identity and it shouldn't be so rigid it doesn't have to be you know you're this or you're that and that's it you know if I decide today I want to present as more masculine I can do that if tomorrow I want to be more feminine or I want to be both you know like it doesn't matter it's it's about challenging what other what is perceived as masculine what is perceived as feminine and like do these these things don't even have to exist for me to still be a good person to still be someone who cares and I think like that's also something that's been difficult is I personally like I I have a larger chest so I find binding a little more difficult and it also seems that like people, you know, forget or if it's like people still want to put others in a box, right? So mm-hmm. I haven't decided that chest, uh, that top surgery is something that I want to do or whether, you know, I'm, I'm in between of that. And I do experience some dysphoria of like feeling really good in the morning, you know, and I want to, you know, I'm going to go out and I'm going to wear 
or sorry let me rewind like where when I do experience it it's when I'm shopping I hate shopping dude like Same. shopping is the worst yeah I also experience dysphoria around like my chest and everything but because of like you know I've, I've got asthma I've got little baby lungs like I'm not able to bind because the one time that I did straight up passed out no almost way. Like first into a toilet so, <laughs> never again a public toilet it was really <laughs> gross um but yeah it's like it's a thing that I I can't do it's it's mm-hmm. not good for my body um mm-hmm. and I mean it's questionable for most other bodies but it's what you know people need to do to be able to feel safe and at home um and to not potentially be in danger of other people gendering their bodies and acting of their own free will in ways that could potentially harm uh, trans GNC folks um but yeah so like it's it's one of those things like how do you sort of navigate all of these other experiences mm-hmm. Totally. Yeah. Wow. Um, that's also important is that like when deciding to bind, whether it's going to be something that is healthy in a healthy way. And a lot of times, um, you know, folks do bind because like they, they you just want to feel better. You know, you want to feel more comfortable in this body that you have. You want to like coexist with it. Learn. And sometimes it's, it's not good it's not right for everyone and certain mm-hmm. um certain ways of binding are you know are not always going to come out with the safest outcome um for me personally I've like so far I've tried like sports bras I started with sports bras and like it, it does somewhat it does something it makes me feel better you know and then there's also like kind of that reminder of like don't bind for too long you know mm-hmm. like to allow your chest to breathe so if like folks are considering you know binding definitely like research it a little bit there's also a lot of good companies out there that like actually like will ask you for complete measurements of like your shoulders your chest area your back so that it is a comfortable fit for, for you you know mm-hmm. don't do your best not to go out and like buy a super small you know sports bra and like find that way because you want to be able to give yourself breathing space as well as comfort and like a lot of times some other things that can happen is just like digging into your skin with binding yeah um stay away at all costs from duct tape and those type of um items that are just really terrible yeah because there are some things that can give you a lot of compression that may look good and Mm -hmm. in turn make you feel better about your body but you got to think about how you're going to feel in the long term and one thing that I can say especially from my experiences you know throwing that thing on and going right out in public and almost passing out in the public bathroom um, you need to build up to that you need to build up endurance so even if it's just like starting off just a little bit of time in a day wear it at home don't go anywhere because if you need to take it off you need to take it off immediately Um, or I hope you could be in some really serious danger um so just do it in a way that's smart take take your time with yourself um a lot of this just really takes time and like getting your body acclimated to that totally absolutely Mm -hmm. i mean like what question do you have about family i guess um yeah like does your family do they know all of you do you still in contact with them 
Yeah, um, it's it's tricky. Um, so when I told you, like, on January 1st, 2019, I disclosed mm-hmm. everything that was to everybody. Um, and, <laughs> yeah, I think I did it. Like, from my parents' perspective, it's probably in the worst way. But from my perspective, I disclosed it in the best possible way. So, like, mm-hmm. I called them, like, at midnight. So my... <laughs> My mom is, like, pretty religious. She goes to church a lot. So on New Year's, like, she goes, she's at church at midnight. So I'm, like, calling her right now. (laughs) I called her, and I'm, like, sobbing. I'm so emotionally overwhelmed. I'm, like, losing it on the phone. And she answers the phone for me because I, like, called her back to back. She's still in church. She's, like, whispering on the phone, like, oh, my gosh, what's going on? And I'm just, like, bawling on the other end. And she's, like, I have to call you back. (laughs) She hangs up. And she calls me back maybe, like, 30 minutes later. I think she, like, left church because she thought I'm, like, she thought I was, like, dying. (laughs) And I was, like, I needed to tell you that I am trans and that I have to change my name. I'm going to change my name. And, like, all of a sudden she's, like, that's what you called me about? It's just a name. So I was like, okay, perfect setup for you to like (laughs) be relieved that I'm just changing my name and I'm not dying. Um, (laughs) Love it. Yeah, basically the same thing with my dad. Like I called them both individually and I was crying the whole night and all that morning, but I told all the people that needed to know. (laughs) Yes. Um, They were glad that it wasn't something more serious and or life-threatening mm-hmm. <laughs> but I understand why they would react that way but I was so emotionally overwhelmed yeah <laughs> <laughs> did you feel like that's such a good way of doing it <laughs> like notes. yeah you have to like build it you, all like, the way you... up <laughs> okay but think about every triggering thing in my life <laughs> Yo, um did you like do you feel like you were crying because you were excited was it you were kind of sad of what they might say was it everything um it was just like the unknown I didn't know how they were going to react especially because like me being gender non-conforming is not something that was new um when I was maybe like 11 or 12 I asked my my family and all my friends to call me Kevin for like a solid year and I was like you know trying this out and I was like you know this doesn't really fit after a while and I was like you know I'm gonna try I'm gonna try mm-hmm. real hard to do this this girl thing <laughs> <laughs> and like like knowing that that had happened and that the majority of my family probably saw that as a phase and not as me like genuinely mm-hmm. trying to like sort things out and like live in my truth um and then like having had another experience later on and my mom found out that I was queer and that I was dating a girl at the time like she called me and the first thing she asked me is are you still a girl so I was like you already know you know <laughs> the only reason you asked that question is because you know <laughs> um <laughs> so it was like like going from like that experience and having that interaction with my mom to going mm-hmm. and being like, you know what, mom? Yeah, you're right. You know, like, like my parents raised me. They know me. Mm-hmm. Like when I told my dad I was queer, he was just like, yeah, I know. Like there's, yeah. there's nothing to hide about this. <laughs> <laughs> um, 
so I think it was just going into it and like owning it and speaking it with like my my whole heart that you know this is the point where I'm no longer denying it I'm no longer making concessions to make other people comfortable about it and like Mm -hmm. I'm I'm going to live my full life out loud um what does this mean for my parents and my family and like not uh, knowing my mom like she's really big into like you know the respectability politics and things that come along with um living and um working in the church and things like that um so a big part of it is like oh what will people think Mm -hmm. and I'm like at this point I don't care because I'm I'm taking these steps to free myself and to keep myself alive like this is what I have to do um and I I can't deal with whatever people will do whatever reactions they're gonna have that's something that's between them their god and their therapist like I can't deal with that I can't carry that um because that's been the thing that's been the most harmful to me since I was a child since I you know started struggling through this at eight, nine, ten, however old I was, um, like, I was, what, that was 20 years, carrying that for 20 years, wow, yeah, and, like, I'm done, this is what it is, and I'm going to be happy, and I'm going to live my best life, and live a full life, not, you know, cutting it off, because, you know, of me being super depressed, and you know having all the you know the mental things that I have going on or feeling like I have to live my life as a shell of a person trying to find something to fill me up that will never ever work wow damn I love you so much it's out there now (laughs) it's out there um and I'm good I'm happy and I'm I'm living my life as a fully embodied version of myself. And Mm -hmm. I think that makes all the difference. Damn. I love it. Yo, I'm so happy for you. Um, Like the last thing before we sign off is what advice would you give to other folks who, you know, they, they know they want to live a different, they want to be themselves fully a hundred like what strength you know what helped you what strength did you pull from you know what would you tell them um so a lot of the fear for me came with feeling like people won't respect me people won't care for me people won't embrace me um if I live authentically and one of the main things that got me through all of that is I can't expect from others what I don't have what I don't give to myself so like being like treating myself with so much kindness speaking kindly about myself and like taking the time to respect myself uh, was huge and it was like a big starting point because even if people disrespect me if people uh, misgender me people try to use the wrong name which is rare because a lot of people don't know my birth name um like at the end of the day when I go home I go home and I I live with this person I live with myself and I have the 
I try to have the most respect that I possibly can for myself. I try to treat myself with kindness. I, you know, lay on the love real heavy um, because that's the only thing that is within my control. I show up in the world the way I am and the world's going to get what I give it. Um, so be be kind to yourself. Be gentle with yourself and give yourself the time to grow and blossom into whatever beautiful thing you will become. And if anybody gives you any trouble about it, fuck them. Can I say fuck them on your podcast? Of course. (laughs) You've been listening to Sippin' With Jay. Thank you so much for tuning in every week for another episode. Um, It means so much to me. Shout out to all the followers and to all the people following me on Instagram at Sippin' With Jay. And also to all the listeners on Spotify and Apple Podcasts. Yo, I see you. I hear y'all. Thank you so much for all your love. And um, so if you're interested in the other questions that G and I answered, there's going to be a bonus episode I'll be uploading on Thursday. So that'll be up for y'all to listen to um, after this episode. But thank y'all so much for tuning in. I appreciate it, yo. I wish you the best week. Um, Just take care of yourself out there, yo. Um, Thank you so much for tuning in. Signing off now. You've been listening to Sippin' with Jay.